Ronnie, and welcome to the Cigar Boss Guitar Builder podcast. It's bright and early on a Sunday morning here, and uh, we're back into chatting with some people uh, on the other side of the world. So I'm here in Australia, and uh, we've got some interviews lined up with uh, a couple of um, builders and players in the United States. So it's nice and bright and early on a Sunday morning here, and I'll be speaking with Jesse Thomas from the US of A. A um, little bit of housekeeping to start. Um, if, uh, if you like what you're hearing or you, if you've enjoyed the back catalogue, um, please consider following us uh, on uh, our Podbean app and or any other player like iTunes. Um, it's uh, greatly appreciated. Any comments are always welcome, uh, constructive or uh, supportive. Um, <laughs> it's always good. Um, also, if you check out the uh, check out Patreon, we do actually have a Patreon page. Uh, we're just starting that up. It's basically so that it, it's it might be able to help fund the show. If you can afford a, a, a dollar a month, if you enjoy the show, it's it's deeply appreciated. You don't have to uh, if you. Uh, enjoy listening ca- listening casually um we're really happy to have you uh, along um please follow also our uh facebook uh instagram group which is of course the cigar box guitar builder and if you're interested in seeing what i'm up to you can always follow um uh, birdwood guitar co on instagram and facebook as well and also if you want to check out my website it's birdwoodguitars.com uh where i build uh slightly eccentric selection of cigar box guitars and solid body instruments as well as effects pedals anyway that's enough uh let's have a chat with jesse thomas from the us of a all right and here we are with jesse thomas cool mate it's good to talk to you yeah for sure man so jesse's a jesse's a uh a builder that's kind of come to my uh, attention really over the last um, couple of months. Um, you, you seem to have, I suppose, you know, with, with friend circles and things on Facebook and everything, this is the main way that we, we stay in contact with each other uh, and I suppose initiate contacts a lot is through Facebook and through Instagram. And I think for you it was through Facebook. Um, how important is, is social media for you? Uh, very important for a guy like me because I'm kind of a little standoffish. Um, I'm, I feel like sometimes I'm not a real people person, you know, in real life. But uh, so it does help the social media being online, that type thing, you know. And uh, I have more friends that I would consider real, real good friends online as opposed to out in the real world you know in my you know where i live and stuff like that so it's kind of cool yeah i i think the same thing um i interviewed mick verko uh, a couple of weeks ago and i've basically known mick verko through facebook uh since 2013 and someone like mick verko for me has been uh, a very helpful person, uh, and he's always been one of those, um, seems to be one of those level-headed uh, voices of reason um, that I would I would see come up in comments a lot, and I'd chat with back and forwards, but never really, never really got to know. Who are some people on Facebook that you've, that you've really kind of uh, struck up friendships with? Oh, I would say, uh, like, uh, Carl Hines, uh, a lot of guys know Carl. Uh, we, we, we chat a lot on, on messenger and stuff, uh, get advice from him and such. Uh, all, all the guys that were part of, uh, the museum exhibit here in Norfolk, all those guys, um, through like MGB family and friends, um, I've got to meet some of those guys in person, you know, a few times. And so that's kind of fun. Well, where are you based? When you get there. Uh, Randolph, Nebraska. Oh, okay. So right in the middle of the U.S. So, yep. 
Uh, you smack guys, dab right in the middle. Smack dab in the middle. <laughs> That's good. So you basically, basically landlocked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could say that. Um, you know, you gotta travel pretty far to get any place. Yeah, but it's a nice place to be. What's that? Is it a nice place to be? Right. For people who don't know the states yeah. or don't know Nebraska at all, what, 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 especially with Randolph, what, what, talk about the town for a sec. Tell us about uh, what the town's like. Well, the town I live in, it's probably 800 people, population. Wow. So less than 1,000. Um, we get hardcore all four seasons around here. You know, you... <laughs> Um, like winter is approaching, so uh, we have very harsh winters, and then go into summertime, and it's you know it could be a hundred and twenty di- degree difference from winter and summer, you know. So it's uh it's quiet though. Whenever I have to go to the city, I I get very uncomfortable in the city where it's real fast paced, you know, lots of people. Yeah. That's kind of not my comfort, you know. Did you grow up there? I've actually, um, yes and no. I've kind of lived all over the States, but Nebraska is where I was born. And, um, I went to high school for a couple years in a, in a town, um, but all these kind of small towns that are in northeast Nebraska, I've kind of lived in all of them. So. Yeah. So you're talking about but the... But I've lived... You're right. You're right. You keep going, please. Oh. Oh, I've lived, uh, you know, Alaska, North Carolina, Hawaii, Oklahoma. I've kind of been everywhere throughout my life. But I would call Nebraska home. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice place. Seems like a nice place to be, man. It's cool. I like the uh, you got the the wall there with all the guitars behind you. And we'll talk about those. Uh, we'll talk about those in in uh, in a minute. I'm curious about. Um, uh, I've known for quite a few years. So there's a fellow who lives up in uh, lives or lived uh, up in Canada. A fellow named Scotty Tebow. Um, I think that's how you pronounce his his surname. Uh, and uh, Scott was a a cigar box guitar builder. Um, Quite a few years ago, he's. I think he's. He's struggled to be able to continue doing it, and I hope he gets back into it because I really liked his his builds. They were very very cool. Uh, and Scotty, if you're listening, mate, it's uh you know, get back to it because we miss you. Um, <laughs> yeah, but he basically, um, you know, he he basically would have to stop building. In, in the middle of winter, you just simply couldn't build. Are you do you are you in a situation like that at all? We we weather dictates as to whether or not you can build no. or not. Yes and no. Um, the house I've been living in for the last three years or so, my shop is actually attached to the house. It's like a little garage, so I put heaters out there and I can run all winter long. Yeah, if I want to. Right, I remember. Um, I remember a little while ago a video. Um, I think it was Sh- of Shane Spiel. And I think he's in Pasadena. I think he's in Pasadena. I think. Um, and I remember this video that he took us through, and he's got heaters just everywhere. <laughs> and here in Australia, <laughs> like we don't, we don't like in Australia, we we it's quite temperate. Like we don't. We don't get really get extremes, um, you know. There's of course there's 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 certain areas in in Australia where you will like up 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 the north and you know way down south in Tasmania, where it's ridiculously cold or it's ridiculously hot. But for the most part um, in Australia, like it's it's we kind of we're lucky, you know. We can build basically almost three hundred and sixty five days a year, you know. And um, you know you take one day off, of course, you know for for, for something important. <laughs> um, but it, it's... Yeah. It, it always amazes me that people have to... Some people have to stop building for, for three months. And I see it on Facebook. Definitely. You know, if, if 
if I didn't have to pay the bills, you know, I would build 365. <laughs> but, you know, out one day, you know, I want this guitar building to be yep. my main source of income, you know. But but I, that's not happening at the moment. Mm. You know, so. Yeah, well, look, I, I, I mean, I, I completely get that. Um, you know, I've basically, with, with myself, I've, I've been for three years now. Um, you know, this has been, this is, the, this is the core job for me now, you know, which is building and selling, you know, the cigar box guitars. And, you know, on the side, I do, you know, guitar repairs and things. But, you know, we recently, because of COVID, basically had to shut down the shop that we had. Um, so I'm kind of working now from a small studio and a... Um, uh, and from home and it's not easy um but it you know but it is possible like at the town i live in um which is you know it which has about five thousand people you know in in our but it's part of a, a long run of, of of towns in the blue mountains here in new south wales um but we've got five thousand people just in our town i think there's something like i think thirty thousand in our region or 35,000 potentially in our region, uh, you know, from okay. that in our whole region, you know. But you've got 800 people in your town. I mean, how, uh, what method, what methods are you using to actually, and we will talk about your builds and what you're doing, but it's just, it's a lot of people are very interested in basically, um, you know, in looking at this from, as you are, from a business perspective, and I really love talking to people about a business perspective, um, you know, for building cigar box guitars. How are you selling your selling your guitars? Good question. I, I don't I don't sell that many. Yeah. But um, um, I'm kind of stubborn. Mm. You know, I only want I only really want to sell somebody one of my guitars if they can hold it they can play it they can hear it first yeah so i i'm very reluctant to put anything online and and all that jazz because i believe you know the whole thing about the instrument chooses you mm. type, you know and so i don't want to somebody to buy something of mine just from a couple pictures yeah so, I mean, it, that's probably the reason why I don't sell as much as I should, but uh, I want it to be a personal experience for everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice way to look at it. Um, you recently, um, so do you do market stalls or any of that type of thing where you are? Uh, no. Every once in a while, I'll go to like a little fair or you know set up a booth and and uh most of the time i don't feel like i fit in with the other vendors yeah yeah but but um uh this last time i set up a booth i mean it was actually like at a, a music show there's four different bands playing and you know rockers, you know that yeah. musicians that appreciate that stuff, and that was a really good time. Uh, I didn't sell anything that night, but yeah. I did a raffle, a, a custom build. I don't know if you remember that steampunk kind of uh, build. I raffled that off, and it brought some pretty good money, you know. And everybody, oh, loved that's it. awesome! Yeah, so that was a real good, time. good, great time. Yeah, it's a, a. I had a similar situation every time I've done those kind of um, those kind of events. They've never been. Um, uh, they've like music events and things like that. They've never really been uh, a huge immediate successes, but they've always been good in relation to uh, public um, opinion or you know getting out there and being seen. Uh, and probably, you know, when you can, you know, give something away and it makes money for, you know, for a charity or something like that, it's a pretty good feeling, you know. I think the most expensive guitar I've yeah. ever uh, guitar I've ever sold, a cigar box guitar I've ever sold, uh, was funnily enough one of my least expensive guitars that I've ever made. Um, you know, and, it, and oh, it's wow. it's yeah, and it it got nearly fifteen hundred dollars for this charity, and it was just the most incredible feeling. <laughs> 
I, I couldn't believe yeah. it. Like this was a guitar I was selling, you know, f- you know, for two hundred dollars Australian, and it sold for like fifteen hundred dollars for this charity. And it was just the most wonderful, wonderful feeling. So I, I totally, totally get that. You know, it's definitely, uh, it is more rewarding to see people's enjoyment mm. than it is their their dollar bills. Mm. You know, you see, if you got a hundred people come and smile and, and tell you how good a stuff or good a work you do, you don't really have to sell anything, you yeah. know, because that, that still feels good. Mm. Well, if I, I mean, if I can impart, I mean, it's interesting that you're saying you'd like to do this as, uh, like, as a full-time job. And what's very, very, very interesting, however, is the experience that I had. Um, if I, if you don't mind me saying so, it's um, when I initially opened the store, uh, you know, my my shop. Initially, I opened the shop with the whole intention of selling guitars to local people or people within you know within my region and the funny thing was it it didn't happen like that um you know we got some sales for for local people but because i opened a guitar shop as i'm going to do this 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 is great radio here but i'm doing the inverted you know the quotation marks a guitar shop what i found was that the local people were the musicians. And again, I've done that again. (laughs) They were the musicians. And to the most part, they looked at them, they looked at the guitars, because I would have one wall which was full of cigar box guitars, three-string guitars, four-string guitars, you know, that type of thing. And we're talking, you know, know, banjolales and all that sort of stuff. But they were definitely, you know, the the homemade um, guitars. Very similar to what you've got on the wall there, right? And on the other wall were the electric guitars and the acoustic guitars. And you you might as well have gotten a big roll of red paint and drawn a line right up the centre of the shop. Because, yeah, because the thing was that the local musicians who came in they, they looked at the guitar, cigar box guitars and those types of things as purely as a novelty or almost as wall hangers. Um, but it was... Like the, a toy. Or, yeah. yeah. But it was the tourists. It was the tourists who, uh, who fell in, who absolutely fell in love with them. And I didn't have anything which was particularly touristy looking. I didn't put... I could have had a friend of mine who was actually suggesting to put, you know, images of the uh, the three sisters and, you know, and, and, and all of these things that you would find here in the Blue Mountains, you know, the tourist trappy stuff, to put images like that on the guitar. And I never wanted to do that because I never wanted it to be a touristy thing. I actually opened to sell the guitars to locals. But it just, it, it never eventuated. And then, of course, with, with COVID striking, unfortunately, and uh, the, the loss of the tourist trade... That was that was almost you know the death knell for that side of the business. We ended up becoming far more focused on guitar repairs and selling consignment guitars and you know standard six strings and things. Uh, and that basically, in a way, although I, I I love the fact that I've got so many lo- wonderful people who are still supporting us through guitar repairs and things uh, like that. But it was basically the death knell for that side of the business, COVID, because it just killed everything off. So my suggestion is people, there's a lot of people who want to open up a shop. My suggestion would be just because of my experiences, tread carefully and really think about who your customer is. I'm going back to doing markets, man. And I'm really excited about it. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking looking to, to get back into a few local markets again because our tourism industry is kicking back in again. And that might be a, a thought for you instead of opening up a bricks and mortar. You know, a good suggestion could potentially be, uh, I hope you don't mind me saying this, this is just experience, my experiences. Um, look at your craft fairs and things like that because you might see a lot of people who are in that, circle of things you might find a leather maker who, who could make some really cool straps for you or you yeah, yeah you know or you I'm might find 
Yeah, networking's great. You might find a um, there's someone who can make ceramic slides for you if there's someone who does ceramics there. Because I'm personally, I'm struggling to get ceramic slides in Australia because we can't get shipping from the US at reasonable prices at the moment. It's shut down. It's We can't get anything. I've just had to cancel a, a fairly big order with oh, Janice, unfortunately, Janice Wilson-Hughes, uh, who I'll be interviewing hopefully in a few weeks. I've, she's had to cancel a, a fairly substantial order um, for, you know, 20 ceramic slides, which I'd ordered. She can't get them here. Uh, so that's neither here nor there. But going forward, like, I would suggest, you know, if you if you can do markets and things like that, definitely go for it. Uh, actually, uh, a lady in another smaller town, probably 40 miles from Randolph, she actually just contacted me yesterday to see if I want to set up a booth that it must be, they must do like a farmer's market or something. So I'll be setting up on December 5th. We'll see what happens. You know, that's awesome. The interest, the interest in what we build around rural Nebraska, there's not much, you know, Yeah. Um, not much interest when they're, when you're surrounded by, you know, farmers and mechanics and stuff, you mm. know, mm. not not many uh, artists around here. Yeah. So, um, I, I think that side of things, though, a lot of people, um, a lot of people, especially very hardworking people, people who work very hard, who, who don't have a lot of time. That's where I think these instruments are so wonderful because you don't you don't have to invest a lot of time in practice to be able to play them when they're in right. open tuning. And, th- mate, that's your core market right there. You know, John who, you know, works a 15-hour day on a farm and just wants to kick back with a, you know, with a, with a beverage in the afternoon or in the evening and just make a little bit of music, doesn't know how to play, thinks, you know, looks at looks at the potentially that the hours and hours and hours needed just to figure out a D chord when they can tune it to G and just bar that, you know, bar that fret. Was it the fifth fret? I'm dyslexic. So I forget where the numbers are. I do it, I do it by ear, but, <laughs> but it's an incredible thing. You know, let's talk about your beautiful guitars, man. Sorry. Oh no. Uh, I tried it. Um, tell that to people you know a lot when when because what you get is wait a second i thought guitars had six strings on them or why is there only one string on that guitar what are you going to do with that you know i always got to remind people that it doesn't matter you can just have whatever and you just make noise and have fun you know we've been doing it since we've been cavemen that's it you know it's a rustic instrument and it's fun. Exactly. And it's fun. You know who your core market is at markets? Your core, your core client, and I promise you this, are the mums. The mums. Oh, yeah, for the... The mums, man. Mums, mums have... I'm going to say this and be very honest with you, and, and you know, mums, single dads, all that sort of stuff, but mums are... People forget... Mums want to play music, Right? But many times, and I'm talking about, yeah, I'm talking about the some of the hardest workers that we've got on the planet, very unrecognised. We're talking about a lot of stay-at-home mums or people who are taking care of kids, looking after kids all the time, absolutely no time at all. But the idea of just getting five minutes to sit down and strum a song, it's liberating. It's an incredible really- feeling. And I, I find that. I find a, a, sometimes that, you know, family will come in and dad looks at and dad already plays guitar. Mum doesn't but would like to. And so many, I, it's so often I get the mums coming back and not the, not the you know, not the dads. And I'm, I'm, I don't mean to be sexist when I say this or anything or, or put families in pigeonholes or anything like that. But this is an experience I find so often that, that women would come back and say, I just love the idea of, of spending five minutes and just being able, even with a slide, and just being able to, to, to belt out a quick song. 
It's incredible, man. Let's make it sing. That's it. Let's talk about your amazing instruments, man. What's happening? What's um? Wh- let's get back to where did you discover cigar box guitars? Oh boy, um, I was actually building, you know, like solid body six string guitars before I even touched a cigar box guitar, and around here, you know, not knowing that there is already a huge community. I thought I was doing something new with a, with a cigar box I found in uh, my dad's attic. And lo and behold, I was searched on Facebook, and there's thousands of guys building cigar box guitars. So I thought that was pretty cool. I fit in right away. And I actually um, did a lot of one-stringers there for a while when I first started out. And as everything progressed, let's add a couple strings. Let's take away a couple strings. Let's make it out of a hubcap or whatever, you know. And uh, so I like to make sure I always stay fresh, Mm. you know. And doing these things, each one is different, you know. We, we we can't they're not formulated instruments they're not mass produced each one has our personal touch on it you know and and uh, we learn from each one so that's it's very addicting when you don't fall into a niche yes yeah. I should say. Yeah, it's it's. I think I yeah. remember seeing you first. I think it might have been the diddly bows, the the you know the one string guitars that you were doing, and it might have been that's where I may. I think I I might have first seen your work. Um, I, think, I think you're right. It could have been that. So, how long have you been building cigar box guitars for? So I would say in total. Um, like all all different instruments, six years. But the first cigar box guitar was probably five years ago. It's, wow! So it's really it's really taken you. Um, uh, similar to me, I started building electrics. I built I was building electrics for about a year and a half. Stopped building anything for a year. Discovered cigar box guitars. Oh. And that was in 2000 and, and the beginning of 2014. And and that's it. Like nearly 2,000 guitars later. And right. it's, just, it's just hooked me. It's just completely taken over so much. But it, like I've gotten back into building six-string guitars now as well. Um and I do effects pedals. I, do, I love building effects pedals too. So I've gotten into circuitry and all that sort right. of stuff. I'm going to be getting one of those someday, buddy. <laughs> well, I, 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 love the, I love the sound of that. Uh, this is the last video you, you had that I saw um, with one of your pedals. And I just, I love that sound. And I love your reasoning on, you know, because I have one of these modeling amps. Yeah, that, and I agree with your theory about uh, instead using a solid state amp with a pedal or two, you know, to get your effects. Yeah, um, I should. I I'm should not like. <laughs> I should clarify though. Um, I've got a. I've got a uh, one of the little five. One of the cubes, little five watt cubes, right? With all the, with all the digital effects. <laughs> I actually love yep. playing using the, uh, the 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 echo and the reverb setting and also the tremolo setting from that little amplifier. I think those effects are actually quite good, sure. although you can't, again, you can't adjust. You can only, it's whatever it, it says and that's it. And that's all fine. But I find the distortion settings on those amplifiers and, and I've tried the Vox ones as well and I just, I just... I just don't like the way they sound. It's a, it's a me thing. Uh, I'm not a purist by any sense, but when I um, 
when I just hear it, it, it's it's really it's just got this nasty, harsh kind of edge to it. This cold, clinical, digital edge, and it it I don't know. It just uh, it doesn't do anything for me. However, if I want to spend five minutes sometimes and just plug something in, I'll use it. It's there. But I much prefer like. If I can find an old PV amplifier for fifty dollars, you know, a, a solid state PV or something like that, which you you don't have to turn up really loud, run these pedals into it. And so I've I've really been looking at um, and had some success with these pedals, selling them to to cigar box guitar builders, to the extent that I'm I may end up switching focus a little bit and focusing just on. Because there's only so much of me to go around. I mean, you must feel that with yourself, with with work and with you know, with with the builds that you're doing, which are quite eclectic. I mean, you're not a traditional builder by any sense. You you quite uh, you know you do a lot of different things, and having that time time is a you know I think I've I've got to be a lot more one minded about what I'm doing. I've I've got too many core customers in my head, but. Talk to me about your builds and what you're doing. What's happening? Well, um, actually, just uh, just my latest just got strung up about five minutes before you called me. Um, I did a like a plywood body, yep. you know, with the stack three quarter inch plywood. Um, turned out pretty nice. You know, I do a lot of like the laminated necks and stuff. Um, I've got probably 10 solid body, solid bodies cut out that are on the back burner, you know, of, of full size, you know, smaller ones, kid size. Um, let me see. I guess... What's that one behind you there? You got that resonator looking one there with the yeah that one. That's this gorgeous. One, it's actually a three string bass. Yes. But with the saw blade, it's got heavy strings. And I call it the dumpster demon. Yeah. Uh, because everything here's just a kind of a beam. Everything I got. To make this, I uh, found in the dumpster. Yes. It looks fantastic. Except for, except for this. Uh, thanks. This is uh, a vintage Tiesco pickup, though. Um, so that that's like $200 pickup right there, actually, because <laughs> it's vintage. It's crazy, isn't but, it? But uh, it's, it's actually got actual Grover. <laughs> it's got Grover tuners on it. It has a very so. Dean. It has a very very Dean Zielinski, uh feel about it. Um, Dean Zelinsky's a, a a guitar builder. He built. He used to build under the name of Dean. Uh, Dean Guitars. Have you ever seen the, the like the? It's got the headstock on. It's definitely throwing um, Dimebag Daryl feelings. Uh, I don't know if you know. I I like. Yeah, I I actually like that V-style headstock. Um, there's one in the basement right now that I just got done oiling. Uh, that's actually, you know, our, our uh, exchange, our Christmas exchange. Yes. Um, that headstock um, that's down in the basement, that's where I do all my finish work. Yep. So that just got oiled. Nice. Um, so where does... I do I do quite a... You're right. You're right. Oh, I do quite a few different uh, styles of headstock. This is cool that I at least got you on video and you yeah. can see, you know, some stuff. Not like any listeners, they probably won't be able to see, but <laughs> Well, that's hopefully I'll be able to do screen recording at some stage in the future. Um, but they're fantastic, man! You got like a have you got like a metal heart? Yeah, the, 
sometimes I wonder, you know, I'm, I stay fairly busy. No, I meant like your music, the, the music you listen to. What, what kind of music do you listen to? Oh, yes, yes, definitely metal. Because, um, man, I'm seeing Kramer you know, I'm seeing Kramer there in the headstocks, BC Rich in the headstocks, Dean in the headstocks. You've got a Jackson, yeah. it was a Jackson Kelly-looking instrument over there, the blue one, I can see. You can tell I'm a metal, oh, yeah, metalhead, so... <laughs> Yeah, that's mad. That's, I call that my Tempest, uh, Tempest style body. Uh, I'll show you some more over here. Yeah, I love that laminate, mate. That's beautiful. The double cutaway. Thanks. So Jesse's showing me, um, then, taking me yeah. through his room at the moment, uh, uh, where he's got his guitars all up, and you got them all over your house, mate. Yeah, you, that's it's all over. You could be oh, selling, right. from, mate. I'm telling you, you could be selling from home. You could be selling for, you know. Uh-huh. I think I would, but you know, if it wasn't wasn't for family and, and wanting to just keep privacy and stuff like that, I'd I'd, I'd definitely be selling from home. <laughs> well, typically, if somebody wants to buy something, I I tell them, you know, to come over to my house. Yep. So, then we got another little room here. Yeah, oh, skateboard guitar too. So I'm looking at a skateboard guitar. There's a three-string flying V as well, which is very cool. So you, you're, it's a really eclectic mix of solid-body guitars and um, you know, and cigar box guitars as well. Now, one thing that I'm noticing though is, and I, I know I'm a contentious, I'm a contentious old bugger, but I'm curious about. I see a lot of the builds that you've done there, you're using your own necks, you're making your own necks. Um, yes. I, I'm, I'm very curious at the moment. I'm not standing on a, I'm not standing on any pedestal or, you know, or saying anything negative towards any of our, our, our wonderful suppliers who, you know, I get along very well with. But I'm curious about how you feel about the kit builds. Uh, the, the kits, you know, you get a lot oh, of... I- yeah. I like them. I just don't use them very often. Yeah. Um, I feel it's a, it's it's more rewarding to me if I can build one that's just as good. Yeah. Um, and you know, life, life gets in the way. You know, you can't dedicate your full attention to some of these guitars all the time. And maybe a couple hours here, a couple hours there. You know, but that you made it, you know, and, and I definitely use the kits for all like my ukuleles. Yep. Um, except for, I did, this is a, a handmade, this is all from scratch, little soprano ukulele. Oh, it's beautiful. That I made. And I gotta say, after this, project Ugh, I'd, I'd much rather build a kit <laughs> because that took a long time. it takes a long time it does it takes a very so, long time to be, to bend sides and uh, I, I must admit there's a couple uh, there's a couple of the kits that I've seen from I'm not sure whether uh, I know that Mike at MGB does a lot of necks. And uh, a little while ago, I bought um, one of the the little the little um, acoustic body size and that slightly uh, metalish kind of little kit body. I can't remember the names of them, but I've never gotten round to doing. I've never gotten round to to to, to building with them. Um, I must admit, I think I bought one, and I think he, I think he sent me another one. Um, but I've, I've never ever gotten, gotten round to doing it. Um, but I am very curious. There's another one from CB Giddy, uh, the one that Shane Spear was doing, which is that little resonator, the paint tin resonator one. I uh, was curious about that, but every time I think about it, I find another box that I like, and I, you know, or I build my own boxes, and you know. But having said that. 
Uh, I do get, I do use a lot of the uh, pre-made boxes from Mark at CBG Emporium here in Australia. So I do tend to use uh, a lot of those and those are probably the the boxes that I use for um, some of my higher end instruments really because I've got templates and things and I can basically run templates over and it's, it just gives me a more... That way I can sell online and I can actually sell to order. So, because each, sure. each, each template that I've got will basically fit over the same box. Um, originally I was using um, the, uh, the Monte Cristo, the large Monte Cristo cigar boxes to do my range of lightning boys, but we just can't get them in Australia anymore. So I, I do find that. So have, that's why I'm saying I'm curious about how some people feel about, about the kits. And on a, to the most part, I think we're actually okay with them, um, especially for beginners. It does give people a, a chance to kind of start with something and then, if they like it, move on. Definitely. Which is cool. Okay, uh, so my fiance, she is uh, big into ukulele. Yeah. Uh, she loves to play and she just, she loves ukulele. Now, like a kit from uh, MGB, a ukulele kit, um, you got to uh, supply your own box, but you can put one of those things together in 30 minutes or less. And it's wonderful because it, it's like, okay, I put this together and man, this sounds really good. And it didn't take you weeks to build or anything like that. So I really enjoy those little ukulele yeah. things and you can, you know, put whatever size box, you know, um, of your choosing, you know, on it. So I like him. Yeah, I think I got. Um, I did get one of the one of the kits from him uh, for the for the for the ukulele. I think I got a neck from him or something like that. And yeah, it was fun. Can't remember what I did with it. I think I sold it. So there's a. Yep. I remember ukulele Ray, man. Have you ever heard? Of, have you heard of ukulele Ray? Uh, possibly. Yeah, ukulele Ray. I interviewed him a couple of years ago. Sadly, he passed away. Um, he was a uh, he was oh, no. a, just it was just inc- this incredible character. That's it's if anyone if no one's heard of ukulele Ray, please go back and have a listen to the 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 one of the earlier podcasts about ukulele Ray. He's got these incredible stories of people that he's known that he knew in the music industry, people like George Harrison from the Beatles and just some amazing people. But he built, he built cigar box, guitar, uh, uh, ukuleles basically out of anything, biscuit tins out of, uh, lunch boxes, kids, lunch boxes. He'd build these things out of, and he'd use the kit necks and the bridges. And it like, I think he made thousands of them and he'd take them to markets and he was this incredible, incredible personality, this this amazing personality, this bright light. And I'm not a uke guy. I've got to say that. I have friends who are, who dearly love ukuleles and uh, they're one of those instruments for me where I think I'd like to like them, but I think I've only got so much yeah. space. I think I've only got so much space to... to to allow certain things in, <laughs> so yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so being being you know a metal a metal head, it kind of um, clashes a little bit, you know. <laughs> but you know, if, um, I don't know if you're into the band The Sword. They're kind of uh, doom. Kind I haven't of doom. heard them. Uh, yeah, you have to check out The Sword. Um, but they have like an unplugged um, version of one of their albums. Yeah, and the beginning one of their songs is ukulele, and it just—I mean, it thrashes, but it's ukulele. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't yeah. know, uh, ukulele and thrash. It seems like an oxymoron. <laughs> well, but so does so does banjo, right? Yeah, but. Banjo, same thing. You know, there's some guys out there that are putting out some hard and heavy stuff with, you know, electric banjo. So it's 
I, I gotta admit, banjo banjo was one of those guilty those those guilty um, things for me because I, when I see people playing a banjo and playing it really well, it just I could sit there and watch them for hours. You know, it, it was just it's just one of those amazing things. It's mesmerizing. So I agree. Now we were ta- you were just talking a little while ago about the CBG swap. Now, obviously, this is something that uh, that Michael Breedlove set up um, a couple of years ago, and I was actually involved in that. And um, here in Australia, and so what? It, what? What got you to, to 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 kind of kick that back in again for this year? Actually. Um so I wasn't part of that exchange because I was still kind of a newbie. I, I didn't really like to show my face a lot. I didn't like to interact online with, you know. And now I'm more comfortable with a lot of you guys. And actually, my dad brought me two um, lime green Tirano boxes in very nice condition. So obviously you're thinking twins, you know, it's got to be a set of two. Well, I uh, actually went down to St. Louis to a festival down there last month. And I thought of uh, Mike Leaker um, because when we did the St. Louis thing in 2019 at the National Blues Museum, uh, he had kind of a colorful Toronto box and I thought of him I I just instantly thought of him so I saw him in St. Louis last month and I said here's a box I have a box let's make each other guitars and then on the way home to Nebraska I'm thinking well maybe we should get more people involved so I put it on the the MGB family and friends on Facebook and and uh seeing if anybody else wanted to do one. So now, so far, we have uh, six pairs, I believe. That's cool. So we got 12. Yeah, so we'll... Uh, I see I see the, the group is temporarily paused at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I was going to... I planned on announcing, you know, drawing the names and announcing the pairs on November yeah. 1st, but... We might have to wait a couple of days. Well, the the biggest issue that I'm finding now is that I, I can't I can't actually receive anything from the United States, and I know I'm I'm in with this group, um, so unfortunately, uh, it's a situation where I may not be able to uh, to to do it. And so I'm not even sure if I can actually post at the moment to the United States. I think I I, I do think that we can post. But at the moment, using normal postage, the normal postage over there, um, there, there, there's nothing leaving the United States. I think you can send via courier. Uh, Janice was saying in relation to the slides that I'd ordered that she had to cancel. um, You can send things to Australia via courier, uh, but it's it's exorbitantly expensive. It's very, very expensive. So, yeah, which is a bit of a shame, unfortunately. So... um, uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm still quite I'm still quite happy to 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 be involved. Uh, definitely happy to be involved. But uh, whoever's whoever's teamed up with me, they may not be able to send anything, you know, for for a couple of months or something like that. So I'm not sure. It's it's all good. But I mate, I'm still in. You know, it's it's uh, I've I've got a couple of things going at the moment which I'm I'm thinking about using, and so yeah. <laughs> well, you good know, old COVID. You know, you act. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Ruins everything. Uh, you actually know who I was going to pair you with. Um, I think I told you, but I haven't told them yet. Right. So uh, I'll I'll wait for a little bit, and then we'll address that when I yeah when I uh, let loose the pairs. Yeah, I look forward to I it. Think, mate. I it's... think we'll be just fine. Well, my, that that guitar that I got from Mike. Um... The, for the the first swap that, that that we did a few years ago that that guitar that I got with Mike has actually become my main guitar um, it my only cigar nice. box guitar because everything else I build I sell uh, I even had a um, 
you know, especially through the shop, even had a uh, one of the acoustic um, Daddy Mojo uh, cigar box guitars that they do, the, um, the Artisan series. And it's one of those things now. I'm looking back at all the stuff I sold through the shop and shaking my head thinking, I wish I'd never sold that. I wish I'd never sold that. And I sold that, so... But this one now I've covered in stickers. It's covered in like, you know, effects pedal stickers and Ernie Ball stickers and, and MGB stickers and just whatever. Like I've covered it in so many stickers just simply so I can't sell it. It's it's unsellable. <laughs> yeah, it's yours now. It's a lovely guitar. You know, I modified it. I stuck in a stuck in a humbucking pickup and changed the bridge over. I got the intonation right and, and leveled, leveled. I did have to level the frets on it, but I think that may have had to do with the temperature change. I think the neck warped a little in transit. So once I did all of that, it, once I did that, it was just, yeah, it, it really, really, really worked well. But it is it is the most beautiful, beautiful neck. Um, it's, it's absolutely stunning. Uh, and it was one that was done by... I don't think they're in production anymore. I'm trying to think. Um, but it was, a, it was a small independent company over there that made pre-made shaped necks um oh and i can't uh, i can't remember now bob something billy bob something i jeez i can't remember i can't remember it's terrible actually dukes something dukes or something like that no it's gone guys sorry sorry it's my it's it's sunday morning and brain fart so don't worry about it so (laughs) um (coughs) all right so we're going to finish up uh, today with my two questions I ask everybody. The first thing would be, what's your right. top your top tip, uh, your top tip for new builders? For new builders, um, I would actually tell them the same thing I had in my mind when I first started out. Uh Make yourself happy first. It doesn't matter because you'll have people telling you, oh, the the intonation is wrong or the action's too high or this and that. You can't be hard on yourself, you know. Um, take in that constructive criticism and learn for on the next one. But the player is going to make the instrument their own you know not for instance um my necks on like six string uh my necks used to be quite fat now i'm thinning them down thinning them down and you'll have especially in like the the heavy metal genre they'll want their necks as thin as possible but i have a guy who bought uh, flying V from me uh, a couple years ago and on that neck it's very fat and he loves it he loves that but the next guy may hate it mm. so mm. always keep your options open uh, don't fall into that niche you know make yourself happy first you know if it you know this is what we're passionate about this is our when we're in the shop building these instruments that's our safe spot yeah so you know just there's gonna be screw-ups believe me (laughs) but uh what i've gotten good at adam is honing in on what i screwed up and making it better yeah in the end you know it's great it's a good way of thinking about it looking at it uh, and the last question for today, before I let you go and enjoy your uh, your Saturday evening, in your workshop, what's your secret weapon? Oh, boy. Um, I would say... Okay, I, w- I want to pick two. Maybe. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> uh, one, I would say, just my my... Bench top, little belt sander. That thing puts in work. Yep. You you can do so much with that. You know, throughout throughout your whole build, that's being used. Everything um, from neck shaping nope. to 
to to to to building bridges to final sanding to uh i actually i actually my favorite thing with those belt sanders is when you you run that that paper down to where it's only just working on that belt and that's where i actually do my my fret yeah. leveling i very lightly just get the fret get the oh, frets yeah. and run it like that just across the top and it levels all the frets I don't do it when it's when the when the when the belt's brand new, but when it's an old belt, and it's brilliant, and yeah. it just levels every single fret, and then I can do my fret crowning and 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 polishing after that. Totally get that. Excellent. Uh, my next one would probably be okay. It seems to me, from what I've gathered, a lot of. Um, builders you know say if they have inch and a half stock for their neck yes you know their their fretboard begins as the same width as their neck and then they have troubles getting that glued on exactly square yep myself i i fabricate my own necks and my own fretboards yep well i always make sure that my fretboard is wider than my neck and then i can flush trim it yes. so it's they're both the same so uh a decent little palm router is very helpful yes you know and um router bits are fairly cheap until you start getting into like the <laughs> the half inch three quarter inch yeah you know sh- uh shafts and all that yeah or if it's deemed a luthier <laughs> product <laughs> if it's yep. if it's a luthier product you can quadruple the price because they'll they'll sell to luthiers <laughs> they're not stupid <laughs> you know because because i have um you know beings i'm a carpenter you know and that's what i do full time yep i use pretty much the same tools for you know building whatever i'm building as I do with my guitars. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, the shop is a one and, you know, all inclusive shop. So, so Jesse, just remind us, what was the, what's the name of the, the, the name of your guitars? What are you selling under? Uh, hummingbird, hummingbird Humming, guitars. Hummingbird guitars. All right. So have you got a page? Have you got a hummingbird Facebook page or if people want to contact you, how can they contact you? Uh, I do. Um, I believe it's under Hummingbird Guitars by Jesse Thomas. Yep. At Facebook. Um, that's the only site I really have. Yep. Um, I don't have, I don't have an Etsy or, uh, Instagram or anything like that. My Instagram is, uh, just personal. Yep. So. I, I would suggest using Instagram. But- as well, I would definitely suggest using Instagram because it, it's. I find it's. I get more uh, constructive and interesting feedback from Instagram than I do from Facebook. And you can actually so, link. You can actually link because it's the same company now. You can actually link Instagram and Facebook. Oh, so you, you can right. keep those separate, and you can keep your like keep the private. Because uh, I keep my business utterly separate from my family so i don't show pictures of my kids i don't show pictures of my wife or where i live anything through um you know through the business side of of uh, of facebook or anything like that so i totally totally get and 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 respect that that need for separation i think it's important but uh Jesse, uh, so I've been speaking with Jesse Thomas. Jesse, it's been absolutely wonderful speaking with you today, mate. It's uh, it's been really good. I've been looking forward to sure. this for the last couple of weeks, and the the builds that I'm seeing there, it's rare for me to see someone whose builds have basically ostensibly taken over your entire home, and I can see that you absolutely love every single one of them, and I think I think we need more. More builders like you out there, and you know, and, and Carl, who you were talking about before, it's it's a very it's a very welcoming group of people, and to the most part, um, 
to the most part, although we may have differences in, in ideologies and thoughts and things like that, on the most part, it's a wonderful, wonderful group of people. And being able to talk with you today, mate, has been absolutely great fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And, um, you Me know, too. and I'd love everyone out there, go and, go and check out uh, Hummingbird Guitars and uh, go and check out Jesse on, uh, also through the group. I think you're, you're on the, the, our Facebook group as well, the Cigar Box Guitar Builder group. Yes, I, uh, yeah, I just did. I uh, appreciate you adding me up. No worries, man. That's, that's, that's fine. There's a lot of groups out there, and uh, I think it's, uh, there's a few groups out there that I really like keeping an eye on and, 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 and looking at. And um, it, it's great to have you on board. Um, we've just hit the hour mark, guys. So I don't edit any of my work because I like it just to be as raw as possible. So, Jesse, I'm going to say go and have a great evening, uh, everyone out there. Uh, go and check Jesse out. Um, have a great time. Have a great day. Go and have some fun and go and build a cigar box guitar, guys. And we'll see you, God willing, next week. Bye.